0: Hello everyone, thank you all for coming this afternoon. Um, today is the full moon meditation, the sign of Aquarius. We meet here this afternoon to work as a group in meditation and to mediate spiritual energies into human consciousness. It is prudent as we begin, I think, to begin by reflecting on the reasons why it is that we gather at the time of the full moon and why, and why this work is so vitally important to the plan, to the work of hierarchy, and to the spiritual evolution of humanity and our planet. The ageless wisdom has always posited that energy is the basic substance of the universe, and that all forms of life are energy forms. For there is only one basic form of energy, that is life energy, which pervades And is all manifestation, though endlessly diverse in its expression. The ageless wisdom also states that all life forms live within greater forms in a great hierarchy of being, extending from the atom on up to the human, from the human on up to a planetary logos, and upwards and upwards to the macrocosmic whole this whole is therefore composed of an untold number of parts and of relative holes within greater holes these various forms of life and energy are therefore related by an unbroken web of life a web of relationships that extends unbroken across the manifested universe affirming both the unity And the diversity of this macrocosmic whole. These relationships are not just relationships of the substance or of the form. These relationships are relationships of being, and therefore, in their essence, can never be broken. It follows in that each human being, each soul and incarnation, is a center of life which has enormous potential to both receive and distribute energies within this web, to be inspired by higher sources of spiritual wisdom and ideas, as well as to radiate and distribute this life-giving substance to one's fellow man. In this way, we uphold the divine circulatory flow of all life throughout the greater whole in which we live. And at the full moon, we seek to mediate spiritual energies across the great gap in consciousness that separates the world of spiritual reality from the world of effects in normal human living. And this requires vertical alignment with the source of spiritual power, as well as horizontal activity within the world of human living. We, the group, take our stand at the center of this cross and from this point serve. We do so not for our own spiritual satisfaction, not for our own contentment, not even for the benefits of those who, quote, suffer on the darkened path. For there is a greater life in which humanity lives and moves and has its being. And through this life, a divine purpose, beneficent and beautiful beyond our comprehension, seeks expression and and fulfillment. And humanity has a vital role to play in the working out of this purpose. But this requires the manifestation of new and higher energies and potencies within humanity. It necessitates a reorientation of human consciousness such that extraplanetary lives of unimaginable power can begin to aid our small planet in its redemptive work. Group meditation at the full moon is an opportunity to cooperate with these great lives and to play our relatively small but vital part in this great work. And so now as we begin, let us take just a moment to affirm our group integrity and our group purpose and to sound together the Mantrum of Light. Radiance we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place And bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus, with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. Aquarius, which is a sign in which we work this afternoon, is a sign of group consciousness and of service. On the discipleship path, service, at least one of the many definitions of service, is, quote, the right use of soul force for the good of the group. Service is a soul activity, not so much on its own plane but the soul as it functions within the world. As we know, the soul must work through a mechanism, a personality, which is intelligent, integrated, and responsive to the sacrifice and compassion, which is the natural prerogative of the soul. In the early stages of its evolution, the personality is simply not suited to this task. And one therefore cannot serve as the soul indicates until one has taken the lower nature in hand such that it becomes coordinated and has achieved some measure of freedom from selfishness and personal desire. But when this this occurs, service, also defined as the spontaneous effect of soul contact, naturally and automatically flowers forth as altruistic living and goodwill. Service is also a technique of at-one-ment, for it brings about eventually a total and complete fusion of soul and personality, leading consequently to unfettered service. When the conflict between soul and personality is resolved, the point of spiritual tension can then be lifted entirely into the world of the soul a realm of group consciousness, and group work. And this is also why service has been called the urge to group good, for the soul seeks only the good of the group, the good of the greater whole. But achieving this ideal of service is much more difficult um, than many of us realize. It involves great sacrifice and the choosing of the narrow and hard way of self-relinquishment. It requires placing all that one has, all one's desires, all of one's aspirations, into the pot of water which one carries for others and not for oneself. The symbol of the law of service is a man with a pot of water perfectly balanced upon his head with his hands outstretched, representing the cross of sacrifice. He has served upon the cross for so long that he himself has become that cross and serves without conflict or effort. The symbol of the Aquarian age is very similar. However, in this symbol, the pot of water is carried on the shoulders, representing the burden of service. In the Aquarian age, humanity is learning how to serve, how to wield the force of the soul and express it through the many facets and vicissitudes of human living. The ideal Aquarian server places all he has into the pot upon his shoulders. All his hopes, dreams, aspirations, even his thoughts, his mind, his hands, He gives and gives, and yet his pot diminishes not. For through his self-relinquishment, he taps into the abundant and limitless source of life. He works as the soul and not as the form, and thus his spiritual potential exceeds normal human capacity. He bends every will, every human power to tread the way, to show the way, And eventually, he becomes the way. His power to love, to unite, to bridge, to radiate, grows and grows as he loses himself to find himself. And he serves the plan thereby. The great hope is that in the Aquarian Age, humanity will take the first steps on the path of conscious soul unfoldment. Today, many of the barriers and limitations that have perpetuated the myth or the great heresy of separation are beginning to be broken down. These barriers are barriers of consciousness, first and foremost. They are first evidenced through general trends of thinking and values. Such changes in consciousness of paradigms and values always precedes changes to the institutions of human living. And these changes can be seen today in large and small ways in virtually every nation throughout the world. This becomes more plainly seen as one develops the esoteric sense, which sees the good and the bad, the past and the present, triumphs and failures in right proportion. As one awakens this sense one begins to see in the light of the soul and recognize that human consciousness proceeds forward but one step at a time. Today, individuals and groups are reaching a real point of discontent with the current paradigm. We are striving after new ways of thinking about who we are, our relationships with each other, and what good can be brought into the world. Many of the alternative paradigms being proposed are very obviously flawed. But the important point is that human aspiration for something more inclusive, more compassionate, and more just is waxing stronger every day. And this waxing is evidence of an awakening of soul consciousness on a mass scale. Such an awakening is precipitated by the mind but flowers forth in the heart as right relationship and goodwill. In the ageless wisdom, this awakening is referred to as the first initiation or the birth of the Christ or the soul within the cave of the heart. The attaining to this great expansion of consciousness by humanity as a whole is what will truly inaugurate the Aquarian age. After the first initiation has been taken, the individual or the group is said to truly be on the path and seeks the spiritual life, the life of the soul, which is the life of service. This expansion of consciousness opens the door to the recognition that the self is the immortal soul. This self is first known as the voice of conscience which whispers silently to those who seek goodness. But increasingly, as one proceeds upon this path, the soul, the the self is recognized as the solar angel or the angel of the presence, the overshadowing soul that, um, which quote, pervades the universe of the personal self with only one fragment of itself yet remains. One of the natural effects of this soul contact is the rapid working off of karma. The light of the soul both reveals the mistakes of the past and yet, excuse me, it reveals the mistakes of the past and clarifies what must be done as one moves forward into the future. It precipitates new crises and conditions which make plain what must be done, karma, when consciously faced is precipitated by the by the power of thought via the soul however it is ultimately love that resolves that karma and brings it to an end this suggests therefore that one simply needs to love more in order to resolve all the uh, inconsistencies with divine intent to work off all one's karma And the suggestion to simply love more as the key to the resolution of both individuals and humanity's problems um, seems probably rather trite and sort of useless and very ignorant of the complexity and the reality of um, the contemporary world in which we live. And yet this sort of sense of futility or this recognition of the gap of saying that all we simply need to do is love and how um, inadequate that is, you know, the recognition that that seems so far off and impossible, itself actually reveals, I think, what the problem is and the gap that must be bridged. In that, and by that I simply mean that the love is simply not so present that it is in fact unbelievable to even suggest it. The Tibetan made very clear that it is the disciples of the world that prevent the externalization of the hierarchy and the reappearance of the Christ, not the intelligentsia and not the general public. He wrote that it is the responsibility of the disciples of the world to demonstrate the fire of the will to love, and that until this fire was adequately expressed by the world discipleship group, it would be a grave mistake for the Christ to reappear. So, one might ask, what exactly is this fire of the will to love, and how can we bring it forth? The will to love is the power which destroys all hindrances to the pure beneficence of spirit. This is the love that is, quote, the cause of all creation and the sustaining factor in human living. This love induces that radiation which invokes and evokes not only the heart of God, but the heart of humanity also. The will to love is the result of identification with the whole and is only possible after soul and personality have been consciously fused through the synthesizing agency of spirit. To accomplish this evocation of the fire of the will to love The disciple must take the very drastic step of occultly throwing himself into the fire, that is the fire of spirit, so that his whole being may be set ablaze. These purificatory fires produce a synthesis in which the light of the soul, whose nature is spontaneous love, can blaze forth in its perfection. And this state is reached not by any sort of aspiration or effort to be loving, but by complete sacrifice of the personal self, that is, the practice of utter self-forgetfulness, into the total submerging of one's consciousness in the needs of others, in the needs of the group, and in the need of the plan as one visions it. The requirements to fully submit oneself to this fire Are severe and they culminate in the final stages of the path of discipleship. But certainly, we can all aspire to submit ourselves to whatever fiery ordeal constitutes for us the next immediate stage of our evolution. Regardless of where we are upon the path, such an act is sure to produce intense conflict and crisis, but this itself is a blessing. For on this path, dynamic points of tension are essential to proceed with this fiery work. Humanity evolves through points of conflict, excuse me, through conflict and points of tension but we are told that humanity also evolves through pain and suffering which is something a bit different and these qualities pain and suffering are unavoidable are are an unavoidable effect of the conflict produced between humanity's free will which necessarily errs and the divine will which definitely does not and lucky for us the great law of karma provides A safe environment for human learning and ensures that good will always triumph in the end, whatever our mistakes. One of the greatest services the disciple can render is the rapid working off of his or her own karma so that he can shoulder some part, excuse me, can shoulder some part of humanity's karma, thus bringing the entire human race. Into closer alignment with this divine intention. Such work draws upon all the qualities of the Aquarian server self effacement, unerring compassion, right vision, and sacrifice, just to name a few. But most of all, and most importantly, it draws on and is based in his capacity to love. There is an ancient writing called the Cup of Karma, which exemplifies the attitude of the Aquarian server as he proceeds from self-achievement to group consciousness, to group service as a member of the spiritual hierarchy. And I'll conclude now with with by reciting a portion of it, and then we will proceed into our meditation. The Cup of Karma. There is a cup held to the lips of those who drink by four great lords of karma. The draught within that cup must all be drained down to the nethermost drop ere it is possible to fill the cup with a purer and sweeter one. The seven lords of cosmic love await the hour of filling. But when, to utter emptiness, the pilgrim drains the cup, then to the world in torment now he turns. With cup in hand, drained once, filled again, and refused to selfish need, he tends the need of struggling men who tread the way with him. The draught of love, of sacred fire, of cool, health-giving stream he lifts not towards himself, but holds it forth to others. Upon the road, a weary man, he becomes a lord of power. Power gained through work accomplished. Power reached through conscious will. Through the cup of karma drained, he gains the right to serve. Look on, O pilgrim, to the goal. See shining far ahead, the glory that envelops and the light that not condemn. Seize on the cup and swiftly drain. Delay not for the pain. The empty cup, the steady hand, the firm and strong endeavor lead to a moment's agony and thence to radiant life. And so now let us proceed with our meditation. letting in the light. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the group of world servers, mediating between hierarchy and humanity. I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. Alignment, we project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. We then extend the line of light towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. Higher interlude, hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energies streaming into Shambhala, radiating through hierarchy. Using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy and humanity, gradually coming into alignment and interplay. Meditation, reflect on the seed thought for Aquarius, waters of life am I poured forth for a thirsty humanity. Precipitation. Using the creative imagination. imagination, visualize the energies of light, love, and the will to good pouring throughout the planet, becoming anchored on earth and prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest. Use the sixfold progression of divine love as the sequence of energy precipitation. Shambhala hierarchy, the Christ, the group of world servers, men and women of goodwill, physical centers of distribution. Lower interlude. We focus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. We sound together the affirmation of love. In the center of all love, I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy and streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. Consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming of the world teacher, the Christ. Distribution, as the great invocation is sounded, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. may Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, Thank you, everybody. Um, so this concludes our meeting. Uh, but just a few short announcements before we leave: the next uh, n- the next meeting will be the New Moon Meditation meeting, which takes place Friday, February seventeenth. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, from six to seven p.m. here in our offices and also online. Um, following that will be the Festival of Pisces which will be held Monday, March 6th at 6 p.m. We invite you all um, to attend. The Arcane School Conference, also we'd like to go ahead and announce, um, will be held in New York, London, and Geneva this year during the higher interlude of the spiritual year. Um, The first one in Taurus will be the Arcane School Meeting in New York which takes place, um, I think, May 4, let's see here. Yeah, May 6, uh, May 5th, 6th, and 7th. And so we'd like to invite you all to go ahead and put those on your calendars um, if you're interested in attending. Thank you all, and have a good afternoon.